Hey there, kids. Welcome back to the Contrast Project Lounge. I appreciate you joining me, and thank you so much for being here. Um, uh, going forward, I want to thank you so much for joining us here and at the Contrast Project talk show with my co-host, Shelton Hall. Now, I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much. If you would please visit our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter accounts and like, share, and comment. And over on our YouTube channel, like, share, comment, and smash the subscribe button. Don't forget to ding that bell so you get notifications. Don't want to miss a single episode. You want to talk about a few things? Let's do it. Well, the first thing I want to talk about is festivals. You know, in the last couple of episodes, I always talk about things to do in Jacksonville because I love doing things in Jacksonville, especially if they're free. Now, the uh, recent bicentennial celebration was just that, another great outdoor festival. Now, I'm going to take away from all the negatives about anything that has to do with the bicentennial celebration and just talk about the festival first, okay? The festival is one of those things that Jacksonville has been doing, festivals in general, uh, quite frequently. And there's always the outdoor, you know, the outdoor concerts that are free, um, the monthly art walk, first Wednesday art walk. But this festival, this celebration, included not only the pop-ups at James Weldon Johnson Park, which another thing I'm going to talk about in a minute, started there and, of course, had the pop-up tents and the food and the drinks, the adult beverages and entertainment, and it moved on down Laura Street, very similar to Art Walk, and ended up at the uh, Riverfront Park, Jacksonville Riverfront Plaza, which is where the Previous free concerts have been, and Jazz Festival was there, which was awesome. And uh, <laughs> uh, and it ended in uh, a free concert there, as well as fireworks. And, and by gosh, who doesn't like fireworks? I, I love fireworks, personally. Now, now, that being said, yes, there are groups of people that that don't like the fireworks, and, and they have valid reasons. Case number one, military veterans who suffer from P PTSD. Fireworks spook them. Uh, it, it's no good. Sometimes uh, military veterans will put signs in their yards to let people know because, you know, at certain times of the year, you know, neighborhoods get kind of loud with fireworks, not just the big fireworks downtown. But, I mean, a lot of times, you know, neighbors get a little bit wacky with it. So there's that. Case number two, pet owners. A lot of people have pets that are very jittery when it comes to fireworks and thunder and lightning, you know. But uh, fireworks, cats and dogs, Sometimes these people have to actually drug their animals, give them CBD or some kind of other, other sedative to help them calm down. And, and that makes them upset. I, I can understand that. I have a lot of cats, and, and they're like family, and I love them. 
Then there's case number three, the environmentalists who, you know, have always long complained that fireworks leave a lot of debris. And in Jacksonville, of course, that debris goes into the river. And we have enough problems with, you know, pollution in our river to begin with. We have a fantastic St. John's Riverkeeper, uh, Lisa Reinemann. She's been doing a fantastic job. So I, I understand those concerns. I do. And so as far as the festival goes, that to me is, is wonderful. I love outdoor festivals. I loved getting out and walking up and down Laura Street, but just, you know, like the Art Walk. I love going to James Weldon Johnson Park. What I'm going to say here, uh, take a deep breath. A lot more things could be done to make the experience better. But it takes money. It takes a lot of money to put together any kind of festival like that. And time, organizing those things. My gosh, there's a lot of time goes into putting these things together. Some people think, oh, well, you know, these food trucks, they just show up and, you know, people bring their tents and pop up and all that. Well, there's a lot to take into consideration. You have to consider the uh, uh, police officers that have to be involved and they have to be paid. They're, they're not free, they're paid to be there, to block off the, seat, the streets. And it's not a major inconvenience to block off streets. It's not. Uh, good gosh. The city of Jacksonville, like, uh, you know, like I've said, I, I was reminded of it this morning. The city of Jacksonville just doesn't give them people any money. You know, and they should. James Weldon Johnson Park is the doormat of City Hall, like I said. They need to put more money in it. They need to give more money to DVI. That's a nonprofit as well. These nonprofits, as such, of course, they'll uh, they will gladly accept donations. Corporate donations would be the best, but heck, every dollar helps. Donate your time if you can. I'm sure they'll appreciate volunteers coming down there and help during those things. The ambassadors that they have down there, they have to be paid. So, you know, there's a lot to be considered, and and the city, frankly, just doesn't seem to be doing the job. Um, well, the Bicentennial Celebration, it... has a different meaning for some other people. And those people that I'm talking about are not only the people at large, and lots of people, lots of people feel this way. And they've talked to me about it, and they talked to some of the organizations locally, the Northside Coalition and Take Em Down Jacks. Those two organizations showed up across the street from the celebration at the park on the same day. They were met with no resistance from the public, but some people, you know, felt it necessary to 
you know, talk smack about them afterwards saying, you know, they could have done it at a different time or something like that. Well, I don't, I don't believe that. I, you know, it, it's actually the perfect time, really, in my opinion. It was the perfect time to make their, uh, get their message out there. Now, at uh, any demonstration or protest, um, as you've seen in these pictures, a lot of signs, um, and they're very passionate about what they do. They, they come out regularly to City Hall. They go to the City Hall meetings. Uh, they don't cause any trouble. They never cause any trouble. But they have some very passionate people. And in these demonstrations, all demonstrations, it's usually started out with a rally cry. And if, if, you, if, if you have anything negative to say about this, you know, keep it to yourself. Because going back decades, at every demonstration I've ever seen, including Vietnam and all these other demonstrations, people have megaphones in their hand. And they also have chants, rallying cries. It's a way to get the crowd started, get the, the demonstrators' groups' attention, get people involved, get the message out real quick right at the start before, you know, they begin their speeches. And this particular rally was no different was no different. It was started out with a rally cry uh, headed up by my friend Chris, who did a very good job, and give it a listen.
Now, if you've never met Chris in person, I got to tell you, she's very passionate about what she does, as you just witnessed. She is a hardworking woman, single mother, couple of kids, really busting her hump, and still has plenty of time to be involved in the community, not only with uh, this particular group, but with others. And she's also very much involved in local politics, local campaigns. She works with campaigns, knocking on doors, you know, getting petitions signed. Uh, you know, I got to hand it to her. Props to Chris. So, uh, very passionate about what she does. Here's the next speaker. And it's a message to the African-American community that white supremacy was back in charge in the South. And so what we're saying is these statues need to be removed. But these statues, there's a deeper meaning to these statues. These statues represent the exploitation and oppression of the majority of the people, black or white, in the South. We see issues going on right now that are reflected in these statues. The housing crisis is one. The lack of police accountability is another. The absence of health care is another. We go down a long list issues that are not being by the city council or the mayor or the governor for that matter. And so with city council again today as they celebrate 200 years of Jacksonville, 200 years that basically represent 200 years of racism in Jacksonville. 200 years of oppression in Jacksonville. 200 years of exploitation in Jacksonville. take these statues down. A little piece of history you might not know. There were lynchings that were carried out in Jacksonville. At least seven documented ones so far. One of them, the brother they killed, they dragged him around the city and dropped him off right, right, here, here, right here in the shadow of that Confederate state. They did that to send a message. The same message that the statues sent when they first were put up. And that message is you don't have any power you will never have any power, and we can lynch you at will. Yeah. That's what they did. That's what they did. And so we have a city council who four times now has refused to remove these statues. I'd like everybody out here to call them, write them, and ask them why. Because when you go to a city council meeting, the city council... Now, what's the takeaway? to all this, what's the message that they're trying to get across? Well, continue to listen. 
happened. We are standing where a man was for 50 blocks and left dead and mangled right there. We are standing at the epicenter of mass incarceration, and this is the trickle down, thank you Reagan, effect of what mass incarceration can do to a community. We are at war. We are at war, and it is because of systemic white supremacy. We need to take these Confederate monuments down. The next person that I want to introduce will be a community leader, someone who is always on the forefront of community issues, Ben Frazier. Hello, everybody. My special hello to you, you, and especially you, if you came down for the bicentennial celebration. Come on up, son. Let's talk. Let's, there you go. If you stand against racism, then you need to be standing with us. If you are for truth and justice, then you need to be standing with us. I suspect that there are many of you over there who need to be over here. You've been trying to figure out when you're going to make the move. You've been thinking this thing through. Invitation. Yeah. Come over here right now. Yeah. Come on and stand over here with us. Stand if you feel compelled to tell the truth, come on. You just heard from uh, local community leader and activist Ben Fraser. In a previous episode of the Contrast Project Lounge, my co host from the Contrast Project interviewed Ben. And you can look that up. But Ben is very passionate about what he does, too. And he is a community leader that has been around for years and years. So look that episode up. And let's talk about my closing thoughts. Well, my closing thoughts on the matter are that there are still racial inequalities in Jacksonville that they've been going on for years and some some positive strides have been made and the city in general over the last 200 years has made some positive strides no doubt there's it's not all negative but it certainly could be better and the fact of the matter is, the message that this group is trying to get across, among other things, is that the bicentennial celebration in and of itself was completely whitewashed to make a handful of people feel better about themselves. They didn't tell the whole story. There was a local TV show that did a biopic, if you will, about the 200-year celebration bicentennial and they never talked about any of the things that I remember growing up or many other people remember remember growing up or stuff you can look up in history books if you dig deep enough because a lot of the history books are whitewashed like crazy 
when I was growing up, things happened downtown, you know, like the race riots on the east side when Hans Tanzler was in office. I don't think they talked about that. Axe Handle Saturday, which happened right down there by James Weldon Johnson Park in front of the uh, Snyder Memorial Building, that church. Uh, you know, a bunch of 17-year-old kids uh, and a few older uh, did the sit-in at the Woolworths down there and then proceeded to be chased by older white guys with axe handles and sticks and bats and everything else, and they had the holy shit beat out of them. Why? Because they were black. That's why. No other reason. No other reason. And and I don't want to hear excuses from some of you older, older white guys. It was a different time. Fuck that. It was a different time. My ass. You know, being human requires no time period. Well, there's a lot to do. And I'm going to stay on top of this. I'm going to stay in touch with Chris and Hope McMath and all the people over there at Take Em Down Jacks. I'm going to continue to cover their demonstrations because it's something that I believe they're doing is right. I think what they're doing is right. Exposing, exposing, you know, the white supremacy and the white, you know, privilege that is still very prevalent, not only in the South in general, but most definitely in Jacksonville. And don't tell me it isn't. It is. It's there. And in, in some cases, it's right up in your face. It's got to stop, people. And all these crazy times that we're going through, all the pain, the division, the racial inequality, the, the food deserts, the people that can't pay rent, the inflation that's going crazy, and it is hitting the black community harder than others, and you can't tell me that it isn't. It is. It's there. The facts don't lie. Take care of yourselves and each other. Until next time, peace.